coast to coast, border to border, and around the world. It's time for The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a guest-driven program where the topics are diverse and entertaining. Laugh and learn while you listen to one of the best hours of online radio. Now, here's your host, Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and welcome to The Bill Alexander Show. Glad you could join us today as we are talking about a situation that I guess we are dealing with all over the United States. But the gentleman I'm talking to right now, Jeffrey Sitkov, is actually dealing with this situation on the West Coast. Jeffrey, how are you doing today? Good evening. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad you were able to join us. So give my audience a little idea of who, what your organization is all about. Sure. Doors of Change is a nonprofit organization that's been around for 21 years now, and we exclusively work on helping homeless youth have a better life and get off the streets. Uh, We've done this now, as I said, for 21 years. We've helped over 2,500 youth get housing over that time. Many of them have been successful going to college and, uh, you know, being role models for other youth to follow. So where is your organization based? We're based in San Diego, California. Okay. And you're dealing with the homeless youth in that region, correct? Correct. But we've also, in the last two years with COVID, branched out and helped actually 12 different states. Oh, really? Call us to get referrals and where did we sh- where could I go to get safe housing, you know, sa- safe parking for my car. Uh, we've helped um, several youth, probably close to 75 youth now in 12 different states you know, get off the streets. So what you got you involved in this organization? I'm a physical therapist by profession, uh, Bill. I practiced for 18 years and I had a spinal cord injury, a freak accident 23 years ago and started thinking, listen, instead of feeling sorry for myself, let's, let me, let me do something to help others and wanted to help youth because I saw the, the energy in youth every year seems to be getting worse and worse and worse escalation of violence. I saw Columbine right. happen the Santee shootings happen and just has escalated since then. And so I said, let me find an organization that I can help that would help uh, them make better choices. The choices they were making were the wrong choices. I felt they were killing each other. And that's right. my, my, my journey. I interviewed a hundred nonprofits and I went on one night on outreach. And it was that experience of being on the streets to show me how they meet the homeless kids, how they develop relationships with the homeless kids, how to get them off the streets. It was that one night, Bill, that literally changed my life. So Doors of Change has been helping kids find safe places to stay, correct? Do they also do education programs with them? Well, we have an award-winning music and art program for 18 years, which teaches kids how to master something for the first time. A couple chords in the guitar, the ukulele, the mandolin, the violin, et cetera. It's amazing, Bill, how by doing that with these 17 to 25-year-olds, the transitional age youth we work with, it's amazing how that helps their self-esteem. It builds trust very quickly with them, and they want to get help, and they trust us. And so, yes, we've done that for 18 years now. Since COVID, things have changed. Uh, the youth have have basically spread out over many different areas of the city instead of being concentrated in certain areas which they were before there's no area specifically where they're concentrated they're all over the place because of that we have been able to reopen the program there's not enough kids in one area 
to do the program at this point. That'll eventually change. But okay. we had a very successful program for 18 years. So COVID basically uh, made you change the way you were doing things. So now instead of the, the places to stay, what type of services are you offering these kids? Yeah, that's a great question, Bill. You know, we have had a pivot like many businesses have pivoted during COVID because how we did our the work is no longer possible. And so we said, we've got to be able to still find these youth and reach out to help them because they've got no one. And so we started going on outreach, double the amount of time that we normally would do. We normally would go on outreach twice a week to find homeless kids. We're going to outreach four times a week. And not only that, but since I said that the kids are spread out, they've actually gone underground. You know, the, the pandemic freaks them out. They, right. they really fear of getting COVID because they can die from COVID because their immune systems are so bad and so weak that they have very little resistance. And so they really have, you know, have spread out, isolated themselves. They're not in groups like they were before. And so we have now put up posters everywhere we go. We put up posters that show the youth what our services are, how we can help them. And from doing that, it's amazing how we have, we've actually doubled the amount of kids from last year, how we got off the streets, 161. We're almost to 300 kids right now. And one year of getting off the streets almost doubled because of the way we do, you know, the new way we've, we've had a practice. Uh, we had to adapt and it's work, thank God. Right. We give them many services though, Bill. It's, you know, these kids have very various needs, but the first thing is they, they need to be able to get insurance. If they don't have insurance and they get sick, they're screwed because they they, they got to have a ten thousand dollar bill and they'll never be able to pay it off. You right. know, um, we get them ID so they can get to work. We help them with mental health. That's a huge thing today, because again, not only are they homeless, but they have the the, the pressure of a pandemic on top of them right. that can kill them. Um, so these kids are freaked out. We have almost double the amount of kids that have gone to mental health services as a result of this. They trust us enough. And they said, if you think this is worth it, I'll try it. They would never have done that 20 years ago. I'm looking at some numbers that were sent to me that it, the, of your kids, 90% of the homeless of the transitional age youth come from dysfunctional families. What is the cause of, of these kids being basically put on their own at such a young age? It's, that's a fantastic question. And that's one of the most important questions that people ask me, you know, why are they on the streets? These kids, and again, I've done this 21 years. You cannot believe how the severity of the abuse that these kids take in their homes. And so it's safer for them being with, you know, a, a parent that is a drug addict, an alcoholic, verbally or physically abusive, sexually abusive. They would rather be on the streets, which is safer for them, which is really right. something. And so, or... LGBTQ, if you're gay, you get kicked out of the streets. 40% nationally of the youth that are homeless in America today are LGBTQ+. And we see our kids are about 50% are LGBTQ+. And so just because they're gay, their parents throw them out. And so that's the kind of stuff that they're dealing with. Once they're on the streets, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to trust anybody. And they, uh, they don't trust anybody because they've been taken advantage of by everybody that they come in contact with. With the uh, the L LGBTQ plus kids, have you noticed that they're more targeted in the streets for violence than the 
I don't want to say average kid, but the ones that are not of that group? I would say yes. I think that the LGBTQ kids, not only are they kicked out of their house, but when they're on the streets, though, they are bullied by other adults. They're bullied by other kids that are homeless because they are weaker in many regards, you know, than than some of the big guys that, you know, the tough kids that are going to come and beat them up. So I I think that um, we see it all the time that the LGBTQ, that's why uh, it's better for them if possible we have certain centers like in our city and, and across the United States where it's LGBTQ primarily. It's safer for them. It's more gentler for them because it is not easy, you know, to be gay on the streets uh, when you're homeless. It's a very difficult situation. Um, and again, mental abuse too. You know, they get mentally beat up, you know, that you're gay and you're queer and blah, blah, blah. You know, they 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 tell them names and and, and it just, they get a lot more, than the normal homeless youth because because of that. So when you're when you're introducing these kids to what positive things are out there, I see that music and art instruction is a big plus for them because now they're able to express themselves in ways they probably never thought they could before. Mm-hmm. We, um, <clears throat> you know, believe me, these kids, if they don't want to go something or do something, they will not do it. Right. We've had over 8,200 youth come through our program because they want to be there. And why? We don't judge them. Our our, our director, our program director, uh, Joanne Newgard, instructs the whole staff and, and volunteers. You're not being, don't judge these kids. Be loving to them. They got enough of that on the outside. It just, it, they create a very gentle, one, wonderful, loving atmosphere. So the kids say, hey, this is actually can feel a little safer here. And then when you teach them things and they learn how to master something, that's a huge thing for them. We also incentivize them, Bill, that when they come for six classes, they are they can earn an instrument of their choice. Of the eight instruments that we do, they can earn anyone they want. And it teaches goal setting for them. And that we also come through with our word. Because most people never come through with their word for these youth. And right. so when they see that actually, you know, you said this was going to happen and you actually give me a violin, they start crying. They hug you and thank you because you come through with your word. So they're learning many things when they come to our program. But the biggest thing is, is learning how to trust, because once they trust us, they're open to saying, OK, I, I, I want I want you to help me, please. And they you know, that's where they meet with our case managers. Nicole McDonald and her group are amazing, amazing people. They listen to these kids, what their needs are, because every kid is different. But by having them approach the case manager and learning that we're only there to help them, you know, they say, wow, this is really something. I mean, for instance, if a kid has a car and their car breaks down, they won't be able to go to work. They're going to lose right. their paycheck, whatever. So we actually will help pay for fixing their cars. So they'll be able to get to work, you know, or if they need a a, a telephone because they want to do um, telehealth with a psychologist, a psychiatrist for mental health, we'll give them phones, you know, and uh, no fee. No, we, we pay for all the costs. We want them to get well. And they start realizing that we're their you know, adversary. We're advocates for them. And so um, that's, I think, the biggest thing is building trust. These youth ask for help, and that's why many have have succeeded and gotten placed in a housing, et cetera. 
What's interesting here is it says ex-homeless youth that become role models are now lawyers, doctors, engineers, employees of the year, and all self-sufficient. And the organization's only been around for, what, 18 years? And you can actually say that you have people that have, have made it out of the streets or off the streets and have yeah. become successful and contribute to their to, to their to their um, society. Yeah. We're very proud that the youth trust us enough to allow us to help them, you know, get what they need. They have to work hard. They have to work hard. If they don't work hard, they're not going to succeed. And they have right. to get their mental health in order too, because if their mental health is, you know, they're schizophrenic or bipolar or whatever. They don't get help for that. It's going to be very difficult for them to succeed. So we help them and guide them in certain ways that will will help them. We do have, uh, we're very blessed to have uh, several success stories. Uh, but Tyler, who um, was homeless from 12 to 16 years old, his mom was a meth addict. She loved him, but she went through right. all of her money. And so Tyler was under the Imperial Beach Pier for six, excuse me, for four years, um, sleeping by himself, 12-year-old to 16-year-old. And finally, he came into the shelter where we have our program at, and we gave him a guitar. He didn't take the guitar out of his hand for, for about four months. He literally had this thing everywhere he went. But because of that, it started helping his self-esteem. And he was a giver. He always asked, you know, what can I do to help these other kids? And so he would actually come back when he finished uh, and got out of the, the shelter on his own. He came back every Tuesday, took him two hours on a trolley to come back to help the others. And so he said to me, I want to be a security guard. Can you help me get me a guard card? Right. It's going to cost $400. Well, at that time it was $400. We said, you know, because he's really helped so many other kids, he deserves this. So we did it. Do you know that he kept rising and rising and rising? He was the, he was the youngest uh, manager for elite security, which has 20, about 2000 employees. Wow. Ever manager. Then he, he was actually in charge of the fireworks at the Del Mar fair, which is a big deal. He was mm -hmm. in charge of the fireworks, which is, you know, there's hundred thousand people that go there and he was in charge of this. Um, and then he was honored at Petco park for employee of the year in front of 25,000 people at Petco park. I was there on the you know, mm -hmm. uh, down there with him and just, you know, crying because to see the transformation is amazing. And he is a role model. We need to also help more kids like Tyler have an opportunity to have a better life with hard work. When you find these kids or when they find you, how resistant are they to get involved with the program? Because like you said, they have such a hard time trusting anyone. Yes. And they've probably tried to trust people before and they've been hurt once again, or they've been taken advantage of. How do they know that you and your organization is going to be there as long as they want to be there? I'll answer that since COVID because it's okay. different from the program where you say, come in and, you know, let's have a play music to like, you know, I don't know who you are. Should I, should I trust you? You know, they will call us within Within an hour at the most, and probably within 15 minutes, we will call them back. Once we get a call, if we don't take it immediately and we're on the call with someone else, we'll call them back and start having a dialogue with them. And the case managers are tremendous at it. And they'll, you know, they'll they'll test them on the phone, you know, see if they're real. And so they'll say, listen, if you want me to drop off something to you, I'll meet you somewhere. And they do. So mm -hmm. that's the beginning of the process of trust with with since COVID, um, that we come through with our word. We get in their medical insurance, you know, like we say we're going to do that. 
our IDs when we say we're going to do it. And so from that, and especially now, I think they're even more vulnerable since COVID because they don't be homeless, but they're afraid right. of, you know, of getting the sickness and getting the, 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 uh, the, 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 the COVID. And so um, that's how it's worked since, since, you know, since COVID it's been working unbelievable. The last three years, we've literally, our, our stats speak for themselves because again, it doesn't matter what you say is what, what, what you do and what the kids do. And so three years ago when COVID started, we housed 83 kids in one year, which was a record at that time. That's a lot of kids to house. Okay. Fine housing for the second year, last year, we went to 161 kids. We wow. found housing this year. We're now over 300. It's oh, up wow. 135, 40, you know, youth versus the year before. So obviously they, they trust us quickly. You know, it starts over the phone. They meet our, our case managers face to face and they realize that, listen, um, if, if, if they uh, want help, we'll get them help. If they want, you know, this type of thing, we'll do whatever we can to help them as long as it makes sense. And right. So, uh, it, it's been, a, you know, it surprises me how quickly they trust us this way versus the music program. But thank God that they do. And kids can see right through you, Bill. If you are not being honest with them, they will see right through you. They they would very quickly because they're, they're on survival mode. Right. So they really um, very quickly summarize that. Listen, this is this is a good person. So I, I go through the list of the information I have, and you have this list of celebrities that have been helping you. Yeah. And it's amazing who is involved with your organization. I mean, from Elton John, Billy Joel, Marion Ross, Eileen Graf, uh, Lucy Arnaz, all these amazing people. And it's not just from one aspect of the entertainment world. It's everybody in the entertainment world how did you they get involved or how did they find you to help you sure um it, it's a funny story but um you know uh, I, I i don't think there's any accidents in this world when you're doing something to help others right and so when it isn't about me it's about helping them that's when things happen and so thank god that billy joel 21 years ago remembered me through my photos. I'm a photographer. I'm an award-winning photographer. And he said, I'll sign a keyboard to help these kids. And then he started signing keyboards. And within six months, I think it was closer to four months, Elton John, who was who was playing with him, they toured together, if you know, you know, sometimes yes. Elton and Billy Joel together. And Elton said, you know, I, I could I could help them also. So Elton John then signed a keyboard. Do you know, Bill, between the two of them, they've signed 10 keyboards for us now over the last 21 years. And wow. we've raised a couple hundred thousand dollars in those keyboards. But what they did for us was invaluable. They allowed the music industry initially and now the celebrities and the actors, whatever, to know that this is a safe nonprofit to trust. You know, this is trustworthy. They wouldn't be involved if it was not trustworthy. And so they kind of like open the doors for other people to say, listen, if Elton and Billy are involved, this must be okay. And right. then B.B. King got involved. And B.B. King probably helped us more than anybody in 21 years. We raised a record number of $165,000 on his Lucille's. He would mm -hmm. meet with me twice a year, autograph this stuff. Two of the times he had a fever. 
I said, Bibi, you got a fever, you're 80 years old. You know, what are you doing here? He says, I want to help the kids. Right. And I said, you know, can we honor you? If, if Would you be okay if we honored you? I wanted to honor him. He's already met the kids. I introduced him to some of the homeless kids. Mm-hmm. And he said yes to us. And we honored him at San Diego State with 4,000 people sold out with six national headliners. That's just, you know, because he was such a gracious, giving person to help these right. kids. But, you know, the Stones got involved and Springsteen. And then, you know, Lucy Arnaz is involved now very heavily that she does interviews with me. And, you know, it's just because it, you build trust with these people that what you say you do. And it isn't about you. It's about them. It's really making a difference. And then when they see the videos, uh, which you can go to our website at doorsofchange.org and listen to some of the kids speak in the videos, it's like, yeah, this is real. And I'm actually helping these kids. I'm saving lives by getting these kids off the streets. And so that's how it started. We're very, very blessed to have, you know, Robin Williams, when he was alive, got involved and helped us. And uh, Seinfeld got involved and Billy Crystal got involved and Steve Martin several times got involved. And he's also a a Grammy award-winning banjo player. Yes. So um, I just feel so blessed that they trusted us enough to help these kids have a better life. So we've been talking to you for about uh, the last 20 minutes. My question is for to you, what can I do and what can my audience do to help you? You know, there are, um, you know, there are homeless kids everywhere in America today. There's 3.5 million youth that are on the streets. And so I'm from Buffalo, New York. We've actually helped and, and, and uh, mentored the Compass House, which is in Buffalo, New York. And there's places all over the country, great places to help these kids get off the streets. How you can help us? The name Angel Team, we got trademarked uh, many years ago now that California Angels said, if it had to do with homeless kids, you mm-hmm. can use that name. And we're the only ones that they've allowed to use that name. And so we're very blessed that we have an Angel Team. And I say, you know something, if you're touched by this, And if you don't take action, it's not going to help anybody. But what you can do um, is a minimum amount, if you want to, if you can, is make an $11 a month donation. That's $132 a year. That's not a huge amount. But if a thousand people donate $11 a month, you go to our website and put it on a monthly donation, Mm -hmm. $11, sometimes $80, sometimes $100, whatever you can do is great. We will mentor kids anywhere we can in the United States that contact us, we will help them. We've also helped three other uh, shelters in different parts of the parts of the United States. We've kind of mentored them. We had a national walk 10 years ago. And so, mm-hmm. you know, by helping us, it's going to help more kids, not only in San Diego, but now we saw 12 different states, you know, in this last two years. So right. um, that that's, I think, the best thing. Money is the most important because, for instance, we just, we're so busy, thank God, that we hired a second full-time case manager this year. That's about $50,000. That's a lot of right. money. But yep. you have to do that to help these kids get off the streets. So, you know, someone's donation will make a difference by helping fund our programs and the supplies that we need so we can help more kids. We have a proven track record, as you know, Bill. We just want to help more kids have a better life. And if not, it's going to hurt the society. Because the society, you know, if these kids stay on the streets, I go on the streets all the time and see these elderly, you know, and adult adult people that are homeless. These kids, the, the transitional age youth from 17 to 25, 
are the most underserved of the entire homeless population. However, they have the greatest potential to break the cycle of homelessness. Right. You know why, Bill? Why is that? Because they've been on the streets for only a couple of years or less. You know, because they're not so frozen and 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 with the drugs, the alcohol, the mental, uh, you know, disabilities that they get on the streets, more and more, you know, mental sickness. Um, we find that that's the reason that they still, while the light is still potential to help themselves, um, that's why you do it. Because even though they're twenty five, they don't act twenty five. Emotionally, they could be fourteen or fifteen years old mm-hmm. because the parents never taught them. I had right. to do what my parents told me to do. Right. And and again, it and it's it's a shame because it's a lost generation in some cases because yeah. they are out there surviving on their own and they're not getting the guidance unless they find organizations like yours that are able to help them, which thank God you guys are out there to at least get them in a direction where they can be um, productive citizens um, in society so they can actually move forward and actually have uh, some quality of life. It's exactly. And, you know, there are success stories. I told you about Tyler. Yeah. I think success stories motivate people when they say, wow. And I'm going to show you. A, can I show you a picture? Sure. Go ahead. Let me get, let me get a picture. So firstly, this is Tyler when I met him. Okay. Okay, on the end. This is Tyler now when he won Employee of the Year at Petco Park. Oh, wow. What a difference. What a big difference. Yeah. So people can see this. It's like, wow, this is real. Now, the kid that touched me the most, probably because she was suicidal, when I met her, Justine, she tried to kill herself twice. She was mm-hmm. cutting herself. She tried to kill herself twice. And she was so depressed, Bill, she wouldn't look at me in the eye for about two months. I literally never saw her eyes. I've never had that happen in 21 years. And that's why it left like such a mark in me. You know, she was dressed in black. So finally, it was the music program that turned her around. And then she got into our uh, expressive arts program mm-hmm. where she learned that she could make jewelry and actually sell them and make money, which she's done the last 16 years. So when I met her and she started getting into the music program and stuff, that's mm-hmm. Justine. Now, this is Justine now. She's in her last semester of law school. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So these are just stories because I think it's important that your your listeners know this is real and right. that they can see the change. And that they can make a difference. Their donations, whether they make $5 to us, doorsofchange.org, or make $1,000, whatever they can do is great. It's a get to, not a have to. But these right. kids, 100% go to you know fund our programs to help these kids have a better life and get off the streets. Jeffrey, give me that website one more time and how they can reach you. Sure. Doors of change. Doors is plural. Doorsofchange.org. Just go on the website and it says, you know, make a donation in the right mm-hmm. upper corner. It'll say donation and whatever you can do. If you can do a recurring monthly payment, that really helps tremendously because by having money every month come in, it makes a difference. It helps us tremendously. 
And so we can continue to uh, grow, get more staff, more volunteers, so we can uh, get get these kids to, you know, they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe they can do it. But you give a little hope with them when they meet Tyler, when they meet Justy, when they meet, you know, Clarence Thomas, all these different kids that we work with. And it's like, wow, they did it. Maybe I can do it. Mm-hmm. And so it just holds that little sparkle in front of them <laughs> saying, listen, this is, this is, this is possible. This kid did it. You know, I, I, I can do it. Well, Jeffrey, thank you very much for taking time to talk about Doors of Change. It was really an eye-opening experience for me. And again, for those people that want to go, it's doorsofchange.org. And they can go on that site to find more information about your organization. Thank you, Bill, so much for the opportunity. And I hope that people that see this during the during the, the holiday season yes. realize these kids are not homeless by choice. They don't want to be homeless. But once they're on the streets, it's very hard to get off. So yeah. help us so we can help them. And they will be role models for others. And thank you so much for your time. Well, Jeffrey, thank you very much. And have a, um, a nice holiday season. Thank you so much, Bill. You too. Hey, a big thank you goes out to Jeffrey Sitkoff for joining me today. He is the founder and president of the group Doors of Change. And you can check out their website, doorsofchange.org. And their organization is getting homeless kids off the streets and helping them become productive members of society. So if you can help them out in any way, stop by their website, doorsofchange.org. And again, thank you very much for joining me on this edition of the Bill Alexander Show. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to The Bill Alexander Show. The Bill Alexander Show is a million-dollar baby production. For more information, go to thebillalexandershow.com.